Welcome back, Crack fans, to another edition of the Crack Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As you listeners can tell, we are so excited about the 2019-2020 college tennis season getting underway. ITA All-Americans, obviously, in the books now. We've got a couple of more individual events before we get into the team stuff in the winter. Um, but in that spirit of college tennis, I am so thrilled to bring on our guest today. Last year, he became both the first British male and the first player in university of South Carolina history to win an NCAA Men's Singles Championship. I feel like that's a big enough intro to bring him on. Paul Jubb, welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, Of course, it is my pleasure. Let's start there. NCAA champion coming into the year as a senior. How does that feel? Uh, Yeah, great. I mean, like you said, just uh, the first British guy to ever do it and the first guy at South Carolina to do it. Uh, So it's just a great, great achievement. What I can... um, you know, have with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, and what what people I don't think realize about you, they may know you're a senior, but you're a young senior. I think you're still 19 years old, maybe just turned 20. Um, and you know, for you to have, I think still not your birthday's coming up at the end of the month, right? Yeah, next next Thursday. Oh, happy early birthday, Westoff! Give me a happy birthday sound effect, please. I see it on Wikipedia now. October 31st, close enough for it to count. So, yeah, happy early birthday to you. But to have that sort of success at age 19, I mean, how do you keep that sort of thing in perspective? How do you not let it go to your head right away? Um, I mean, it's it's obviously because it's just so early doors. Um, so um, there's no there's no point trying to get ahead of, ahead of yourself when there's still a long way to go. And that's why I always tell myself, you know, there's – Hopefully, I've hopefully got a long career ahead of me. So, um, you know, I've I've not done. There's way more hard work to still be done. So, obviously, it's it's great, but um, yeah, there's still a long way to go. So, you can't get you can't get too big-headed about it. Well, of course, very mature answer, like I uh, mentioned. But uh, for you, I think people who don't know about your season, you went 38 and four individually on the year in singles matches. A couple of those losses coming to the guy you beat in the NCAA singles final, Mississippi State's Nuno Borges. Um, for you to match up with Nuno in the final round three, be honest, was that the matchup you were looking for? Um, I mean, I definitely wanted a, another, you know, third try to try and beat him. Um, but you know, it was obviously a matchup which was, you know, tough for me to um, try and get regain belief that I could win because obviously taking two losses to someone in in that space of short time, it's you know, it's it's tough to have that belief and go out there and try and get that win. But um, I managed to do it somehow. Yeah, I, no, absolutely, and I mean, it's a criteria. I feel like when you play someone three times in a season, like even regardless of how the first two go, by the third one, there's no secrets, right? You guys know all about each other's games, and sure, you're both battling fatigue from the week of tennis, but at that point, it's no hold bars. Right? You knew what to expect going into that finals, and I guess my question there is, did that provide maybe an extra level of comfort that you may not have otherwise had, that it was, given that it was your first final? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean... It obviously helps when you know what you're up against, and um, you know, I, even though I hadn't done it before, I still knew what I needed to do. Um, it was just the case of executing it, uh, executing it. But um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely helped knowing knowing what was against me. 
Yeah, and then you know, for you to get the the, sh- the victory that you did, obviously that's a huge moment. But I- I'm curious to set the scene a little bit for the tournament. Uh, obviously, 38 and four, you're having a ton of success throughout the year, no matter who you're playing. But going into the indo- individual event, did you have the belief? Did, you know, obviously you want to win any tournament you enter, but did you think you could make the sort of run that you did? Um, to be honest, um, not not really. I mean, I was I wasn't. I'd, looking back at it, I never actually looked that far ahead at all. I was taking it round by round. Um, you know, I was I'd never I was never thinking about the final or getting even getting to those stages of the tournament um, early doors. I was I knew any match I was going to play in that tournament was going to be tough and it was going to be a good win um, for any matches I could get through. So um, yeah, I was just taking it one match at a time, and then next thing I know, I was you know reaching the quarters, semis, and and then, yeah, I was in the final. And I know you made the round of 32 your sophomore year, but for listeners who don't know, the individual tournament takes place after the team event. So for you, your team, I believe, lost round of 32. Really good match with Virginia that we can get to in a second. But, uh, you you're, you know, you have that weak gap in between, and then you head off to Orlando by yourself. Uh, I'm curious, how difficult is that? I mean, does it help that you have teammates in the individual event with you or whether, you know, how do, how do you set up your practice schedule? How do you make sure there is no lapse between that team season ending and the individual season starting or I guess the individual tournament um I think um I think it was good because it it was only me and that just meant me and my coach go straight to work and um yeah just get get working on specifics before I go into went into the tournament um and yeah it was uh we had a really good build-up to the tournament and we got a lot of good work done and it was um yeah, we were just able to work individually a lot, which was, um, I think, a big help leading into the tournament. So, um, And I, I, I like being on my own as well. So obviously, it's nice to have teammates around, and a couple of my teammates um, came to watch me in the tournament. But um, no, it was good. We got a lot of good work done in that week before the individuals. For our listeners who want to know what that looks like, because I'm curious, you know, what does the preparation the week before NCAAs for you, does that mean, you know, were you done with school at that point? Were you able to just focus on tennis? You know, what were you doing to prepare yourself both physically and mentally? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was um, done with school then. Um, So I was able to just have pure focus on my tennis. And um, yeah, I I, I mean, I Looking back, I can't fully properly remember what we was doing, but at the beginning of the week, it was obviously more more drilling and more specific stuff. And then towards the end of the week, before it was a lot more points and um, you know match play, um, just so I could be um, you know ready to go into that first round. But um, just a just a nice build up um, leading into it, yeah. Are you saying, Coach, look, Nuno's going to hit a ton of kicks out wide and then slap that forehand inside in? I need you to hit me with that play. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we spoke, yeah, there's many things we spoke about, and um, we, yeah, we knew one of, that was coming as well. Yeah, of course. What about, how about this? This is a stupid question, I admit, but how long did it take to get adjusted to the stink bugs in Orlando? Because those bugs were, you know, they're all over the camera. They're everywhere. Oh. Those were horrendous. I, I didn't I didn't know about them until I got there, and I, they was annoying me a lot. Um, <laughs> they was everywhere, like literally everywhere. 
No, it, it was unbelievable. I was like, I, I don't know if I could play through this. Like, this is just, it's, I'd be like, I don't need a ball boy. I just need one of you to swat them as they come near. It was, yeah, it, that was, I've never seen anything like that before. It was so annoying. Yeah, well, obviously, it just it was another element to, for you to persevere through. But it's interesting. You talk about being able to focus on your tennis. I know this past summer you had the opportunity to play a bunch of different professional events. And I'm curious for you, um, what was that experience like, really getting to dive deep, getting wild cards into Challenger? Obviously, I want to talk about Wimbledon as well. But what was it like for you to get to focus full-time on playing pro tennis? Um, yeah, really good. I mean... Obviously, as as soon as I was done with NCAs, I I literally flew home the day after that, and then um, the week the week yeah the week after that I was playing the Challenger and Serbia, and so I had no no rest time whatsoever whatsoever. I was just straight back into it, um, and I think obviously it helped. I was high in confidence then, and um, you know I was very match tight, and it was um, good to just go straight into the mixer with with all these great professionals um, in the challenger level and upwards. And obviously over that course of events on the grass in particular, you played four straight where you went, you know, lost your first round in three, but then round of 32, round of 16, you won two qualifying matches. Got a win over a guy in Andre Rublev who now finds himself at number 20. So by the way, not too bad by you. Um, But for you to, let's start here. You jump onto this, you know, onto the pro circuit and it's on a grass court. Was that something you were prepared for? Had you played any grass tennis in the buildup? And, you know, what's it like to be thrown out, you know, at the at the challenger level and all of a sudden it's on a, a different surface than you've been playing the past six months yeah to be honest i hadn't played before that i hadn't played on grass in over two years i think <laughs> um but i know i knew that i liked grass I, I do like playing on grass and um once i have a little practice on it um i actually um get quite comfortable on it and um yeah i literally i flew home and then had um I can't remember how many days it was before I played Serbian, but yeah, I had a few days on the grass or whatever, and then I was um, straight into it. And um, I think, um, you know, it took a little bit of time, obviously, to get used to it again, but I got there in the end, and then, yeah, it was just really good to play against those players. You talk about that that grass experience as well, but do you think there was something to the comfort of getting to play those four events, you know, in your home country? I don't. I'm sure you weren't staying at home for all of those events, but just do you think that helped in you achieving the success that you did? Just the comfort of being, you know, on home soil. Um, I'm not sure. It maybe helped. It maybe helped some, but um, I'm actually normally a guy who likes being away. Um, sure. You know. I, um, yeah, I like being away and um, doing work behind uh, closed doors. That's why I think that's why I think I did I've done so well over the past few years because I came out here to America where um, you know no one, no other Brits were or whatever, and um, you know I was able to just put in my own work over here. Um, so I, but it was obviously really nice to be playing in front of British crowds and um, you know people knew me a bit more over there and I think. The challenge in Ilkley was really good because that's that's the closest tournament to my home, um, like back in Hull. So um, it was um, really good to play there, and um, the crowd was extra extra loud for me in Ilkley. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I'm sure I, I could. I can only imagine how much fun that is for you. Well, you you talked about your confidence helping you succeed on the court, but having gone from the highest levels of college tennis, and you know you're playing everyone, the only guys you lost to Nuno, JJ Wolf, and uh, Cookerman of USC, who obviously all had great seasons as well. Uh, JJ now a top. I think 200 player or right around there. So you're getting high level matches in college, but I'm curious, what was the biggest difference in maybe the level, the composition of each match playing the professional levels versus the college level? Um, I would just say every, like every single match you're playing in challenger level, you the gas pedal, really it's, you've got to be on it every point. I mean, those guys are giving you nothing. Um, and you've always got to be working towards something throughout the match. You can't have sloppy, sloppy games here and there. Um, you know, you've always, it, you've always got to sustain, sustain that level throughout the whole match. Um, whereas, you know, sometimes uh, you can get away with certain things in college tennis and um, the level drops here and there. But in challenges, it's you know the levels, and the levels always there, and you've always got to be um, working. Beyond the consistency, how was it physically for you? Did you feel you could hang? Because obviously you're a pretty physically impressive athlete at this point. But you know, when you're going up against 25, 26, 27 year olds, those are grown men. Um, how was that translation for you? Um, I definitely felt like you know I belonged there and I felt comfortable there. I was uh, felt like I was coping fine, and um, yeah, I didn't I didn't feel um, you know out of my depth whatsoever. Um, you know, obviously. Um, Strength-wise, here and there, like if I was a bit stronger, like it, it would definitely have helped. But um, no, I didn't. I didn't feel out of my uh, depth playing those guys. What would you say? And just to to keen in on this, is the one thing as you and I believe you are planning on going back for your senior year at South Carolina. But what is the thing as you harp towards getting ready for that full-time professional career? You think you need to work on the most for your game to get ready for that level. Um, couple of the, like I think my serve is one thing. What I'm trying to um, improve, you know, making making the serve a, a big weapon in today's game is massive. So, um, you know, that's one thing. If I could really really get that better before I go full time onto the pro tour, um, you know, that would be a great great weapon to have. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, and then. You know, improving net gain um, would be um, one one thing too, because you know it's need to be able to come into the net against these guys and finish points. You can't hope for them to miss. So yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And I met you know the the pressure to finish points uh, no greater than I imagine at Wimbledon, where you're playing on a grass court. Obviously, the allure of being at Wimbledon as well. You get a wild card into that event. Even before we talk about that, your performance there. Uh, what was it like for you, a kid again from Great Britain, to get the opportunity to line up and play with a wild card at age 19 at Wimbledon? Yeah, that was a dream. Um... You know, words can't really describe how how great that was. And when I first found out um, that I was going to be playing in the main draw, I mean, you know, that's literally the the highest of highs you can feel in the tennis world. Um, you know, it's such a prestigious tournament, um, and yeah, it was just so great. 
So do, when I'm curious, when they call, are they like, "Hey, Paul, you ready to have your mind f***ing blown?" And you're like, "You're like, yeah, I guess." Like, go. Like, what does that call look like when they tell you you got the wild card? Um, it was it was actually um, after I'd just beat uh, Thiago Montero at um, the Ilkley Challenger, um, and yeah, I got the phone call and said, because um, I I thought I was you know maybe gonna get qualifying and. Um, he was like, yeah, um, you know, we uh, got your main draw or card, and um, I was a bit speechless. I, I didn't really know what to say, <laughs> to be honest. But um, yeah, it took me a little while to actually take in the news. Yeah, that that is. Uh, I can only imagine how awesome that is. And then, of course, you go out on the court. Uh, you play Jao Sosa in a four-set match. Uh, I'm sure you would love to have that first set back more than anything. But just three out of five sets. You go from three months previously playing no ad scoring to a three out of five set first round Grand Slam match. What is you know what is going through your head? During the course of that best of five, are you, you know, how, how hard is it for you to stay focused in that moment? Um, I mean, it's obviously, yeah, a lot different to what I've been used to. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, just the, I think the, the, the slow start and stuff really threw me off. And um, I, I don't think, because I've always been, I've always had quite good stamina and I'd always be able to last quite long. So, um, you know, best uh, three out of five has never really intimidated me too much, anyway. But um, it's def—I was definitely a bit a bit tired towards the end. But that I think also I hadn't had a break since the week of NCAA's leading up <laughs> to that, anyway. So I was already I was already tired. Yeah, exactly. That break was playing no ad scoring. It's like that's the closest you got to not playing tennis for a week. I can only imagine. Um, yeah. How 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 good were Farah and Cabal round one of doubles? Uh, yeah, they were like so good because um, <laughs> they they just cover the net so well. It felt like you had to literally clean every return like onto the line just to get it. You know, just to get past the net guy. Um, you know, they made you made you push that extra bit harder and then over hit and over press and um yeah they were they were pretty good um and i know i mean we lost to the the winners which isn't that bad (laughs) no for sure i'm curious this is again just a very i guess nerdy question but bigger adjustment for me for you going from college singles to professional singles or college doubles to round one wimbledon doubles um probably the doubles yeah yeah, I, I, because I feel like I mean you're right. Far and Cabal, those guys, they just don't they don't mess around. No, that was they they were definitely on another level. Um, um, yeah, just they were too good, way too yeah, good. They, they hit you with any pegs? Um, I can't remember. I don't think so, actually. <laughs> Maybe it was just so hard you've forgotten. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's good. Uh, but that's still such a cool experience. And then for you, just um, you know, it, it's not only that, but you continue to play pro events through the fall. You're ranking now top 700. You made a semifinal uh, in Roehampton. You made a quarterfinal in Chiswick as well. Um, what is it for you? What made you make the decision to play the full fall of pro events as opposed to going back playing maybe the ITA All American or the indoors or any of those college individual events? Um, I mean, before the week of NCAAs, anyway, it was still the plan to take off the fall. Um, and uh, it's, 
it was just basically just the gaining that experience of being on pro pro schedule just for this period, um, just to you know get that experience of what life was going to be like and um, you know make be able to make mistakes and you know it not affect too much because I'm coming back to school. So um, yeah, just really just get a proper feel for it and. Um, just live on that pro schedule for a little bit instead of, you know, being on the college scene. So um, it was definitely, definitely a, a a good move, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. What were your opening thoughts? Your first six months on tour, good, bad, eh? Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, it's been a little um, slow, like slow start. I had a little, I had a little setback with a um, little injury. So I've been five. The one of the main things anyway was to have a lot of gym time in this period as well so i've just been training a lot in the gym and um play like playing a bunch and bunch of tournaments wasn't the 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 priority first off it was you know get stronger um so winning winning matches and playing tournaments isn't the 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 be all end all right now um but it's it's been okay i guess and i've definitely got a lot of um good work done in the gym and i'm feeling i'm feeling strong strong right now which is good so yeah well we look forward to hearing i i have to ask the question any chances you're not going to be coming back to columbia in the fall in the winter i should say uh in the spring yeah in the spring sorry um no i'll be i'll be uh coming back yeah i i, w- I want to come back and um i, I want to finish my last season so um i mean yeah i don't see any reason for me to not come back right right now so Short of you, they need a fill-in in London, and they're like, "Hey, Paul, you got to play the World Tour Finals, and then you win it." And it's like, "Okay, in that yeah, scenario, then, then, it's then, time." Then, then maybe not, but I doubt that. <laughs> not you know, it's just got got to put something on the spectrum. But I'm glad then we can talk about Columbia now. Your South Carolina team going back there again. I, for our listeners who don't know, I believe in 2016 when you started at South Carolina, uh, you were 16 years old. And so I'm curious, uh, what's the story behind that? How did you find yourself ending up to go there? You know, so early on, what was it about the South Carolina program that appealed to you? Um, so I'd like, I, yeah, I didn't really know that much about college tennis and, um, uh, one of the coaches, James Trotman, who I was working with from the LTA at the time, who I still do work with now, um, he, uh, mentioned, mentioned it to me and, um, he knew Josh Goffey and he knew some other college coaches and he mentioned my name to those guys. And, um, and then, yeah, that's, he like linked us up and was like the middleman and, um, that's how I ended up talking to Josh and um, other college coaches and then um, Josh ended up actually coming to Hull um, to visit me and I think just after talking with him and we got on so well I think that was the the main thing what really attracted me to here. And for you I I know you were unfamiliar with college tennis but was tennis something you would always hope to pursue you know if not professionally on the circuit just as some as some part of your life? Yeah, tennis has always been, um, you know, the thing what I've always wanted to do. Um, I've always wanted to play professionally. Um, so, yeah, it was, I've always wanted to go down this route. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question that. I'm reading from the Telegraph, and take that as a source as you will, but that you earned an invitation to football trials with Hall City, that you were not, a, not too bad of a left-sided midfielder. Uh, so there was never any Hall City aspirations as well? Um, when I was, well, well, actually, yeah, when I was um, really young, I played more football than I did tennis, and um, football was probably the first um, first dream but the more I started playing tennis tennis took over and um but yeah I was um I I used to play a lot of football yeah and and I mean it says that you skipped the Hall City football trials but what were the prospects looking like um yeah it was just because you I don't think you could play um, two two sports at once if you was um doing that and that that was the time where I was playing more tennis and I wasn't sure you know which what I wanted to do. Um, so, um, I guess I remember one day coach asking me, you know, why, what I, I want to do and mentioned that they was interested in just having some trials and then, um, but yeah, I obviously said no because of the tennis. So, and then yeah. I'm glad I did. Yeah. But for you, what was it about the tennis that stuck out? Why did you want to stick with it? What, what part of the sports appealed to you? I think it's the individual aspect, you know, being out there by yourself. And, um, you know, you can praise yourself for doing well. It's all on you if you do really well. or And it's the opposite. You know, you only have yourself to blame if, um, you know, you mess up. So, um, you, you know, you can't rely on anyone else. You know, it's down to you to put in that work, you know. You can't, you can't just pass the ball to someone else and let them, you know, make you look good. You know, yeah. you'll make yourself look good. And I think... I think the individual aspect is the the main part what attracts uh, me to tennis. Uh-huh. And a couple of times you've talked about your enjoyment of being alone, of putting in that work behind closed doors. And you know, a lot of athletes talk about you know how much they enjoy the process of putting in the work. But as you mentioned, tennis is an individual sport, so it really is however much work you as an individual are willing to put in. Um, for you, someone you obviously are enjoying that. But how hard is it to keep that constant joy, to not get burnt out, to not get sick of being on a tennis court four hours a day? Uh, how do you? balance maintaining a love for the game without wearing yourself down um i mean obviously some days are tougher than others and some days it's hard to find that motivation but i think if you have that you know deep down passion and love for the game and and you you have um, a goal inside of where you want to go then you know that desire is always going to be always going to be there and well it is for me um so you know i always find that always have that motivation to, you know, better myself and, um, you know, strive towards that end goal. So, uh, You talk about the love of the sport. This is, again, another stupid question, forewarning, but do you watch a lot of tennis outside of your own playing? Will you watch film on other players or other matches going on? Um, yeah, I, um, maybe a bit, maybe a bit less than I used to, but I still, I still watch highlights like I've, I remember my teammates actually when I first got here and uh, in my first couple of years here, they used to always um, not laugh at me, but you know, just make, <laughs> make, make jokes about how much I watch tennis because I would I would watch all like the challenger matches and stream them and um, yeah, what any time I wasn't actually playing tennis, I was probably watching it. So, um, but I've probably tamed down a little bit now. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's nice to know I'm not alone. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, 
I did. I definitely still watch a lot of tennis. Um, so yeah. Oh, I'm curious since we've opened this topic. I'm sure you have passionate takes on Mike Cation, of course, the USDA play-by-play uh, commentator. But I'm curious for you, are there specific players you're watching? Is it uh, you want to see players who maybe have similar game styles to you? It's little things? Or is it really uh, just a watching out of pure, I want to watch these guys play, I enjoy it? Um, well, I definitely watch a lot. Of, I, Novak, I watch a lot of him and probably the most <laughs> of him just because, yeah, I, I, I love his game and, I'd like to think I've based my game around his game as well. So um, I watch a lot of him, and um, and then yeah, other other people too. But um, yeah, mostly Djokovic, and you know, it's just obviously seeing what he does great, and um, you know, trying to apply it to my own game, and um, you know, just seeing what the pros do so well. Of course. Any thoughts on the Andy Murray comeback title uh, over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, any, for any tennis lover, it's, you know, inspiring. And, I mean, for the guy to come back with a metal hip and do what he's doing, <laughs> um, you know, unbelievable. And, um, you know, I had the, the pleasure and opportunity to hit with him um, not so long ago as well. And, um, you know, he's, he's such a great guy. And, um, yeah, it's great to see what he's doing. Yeah, tennis is Wolverine with how much medals he's got in his body. I agree. It's uh, it's great to see him back on tour. I, I, I'm going to ask you, i got to get you in trouble here. Better backhand, Djokovic or Murray? I'm talking prime Murray, not current Murray. Um, tough one. I'm still probably <laughs> saying no back though. <laughs> I, they played a 2012 Australian Open semifinal match, and whenever I'm watching tennis highlights, that's the match I watch. And I'm just, like, I have nightmares about the points that they played. I'm like, it just doesn't end. Like, they can track down everything. It's just brutal. It's harder for them to miss than um, actually make it. It's so easy. No. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, we got a little off topic there, but I do want to talk about, uh, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to talk about your uh, team coming back to South Carolina this year. You guys, last season, uh, have a, you put together a really good season, particularly you come on strong at, at the end, 18-10 and 10 overall on the year. But you look at what you did at the SEC tournament, you knock off LSU, you knock off Texas A&M, uh, you play a really, really tight match with Mississippi State, and then, of course, uh, you guys beat Eastern Tennessee. East Tennessee State uh, lose to UVA in the closest 4-1 match I've ever seen. Um, a lot of returning talent for you guys this year. So I'm curious, what's the feel? I know you're not back on campus, but how are you and the guys feeling coming into this season? Uh, well, I'm actually I'm back on campus right now. I'm doing a training. For, uh, I'm just back visiting for a week. Um, but so I'm with, with the guys um, this week. But um, no, we... We um we're looking good. Um, you know, as you said, we got a couple of new guys who are going to be playing, and um, you know, the team we got a lot of depth right now, and the, the the team's in good spirits, and definitely excited to get get spring season started. And um, yeah, I think we're we're looking good, and we could we could do some damage this season if obviously things things go our way. But you know, just gotta take it a match at a time, and hopefully, hopefully it'll go well. Of course, you got. I'm sure uh, you know you have a team. Mississippi State lost a bunch of players, but you still got teams like Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M, all of these other great schools in the SEC. Would you say SEC is the best conference in college tennis? Um, yeah, I would say so. It's uh, you know, there's no easy match really. 
And, I mean, you got matches like Nuno, like, uh, you know, a couple of years earlier, uh, Kipson or Rinderneck. You've gotten guys like Crawford and all of these great matches week in, week out. I, I know the, the match level, but that's got to be a good simulation for the professional level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the spring season and what I've just had it was definitely, um, you know, a contribution to why, you know, being able to do well this summer. Um, you know, the people, the guys I've been playing the, um, challenge me every week and um, you know these all these like most of these players I'm playing at one good enough at this level any at challenger level anyway um, so um, yeah week in week out you're getting great matches yeah for you guys is I know I'm sure you're gonna you know I, I, outside of we're gonna take it match by match you know one week at a time all of these different things is the goal for you guys it starts in conference you gotta win the SEC if not regular season postseason title um, yeah, I mean that's definitely something what um, we want to do, but we, I think, just want to get one step further every season we go. So you know, just that one round further than last time. You know, that's that's still you know a, a great a great season for us. And obviously, if we get to that position, then try and go all the way. But you know, just getting that a little bit better each season, um, you know, would would be a win for us anyway. How weird is it for you to be a senior? Um, yeah. Definitely uh, feels feels very weird, um, it's, it's especially when you know a lot of the freshmen are basically the same age as me. Um, <laughs> it's 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 very weird to take in. That is so funny. Yeah, I mean, not only you know you're the defending NCAA champion, but now yeah, a lot of eyes are on you. I'm sure you're captain or one of the leaders of the team. Uh, do you look forward to that role? What what do you hope to bring to your final season in South Carolina? Um, I mean, yeah, I just hope to do my thing like I normally do and, um, you know, just try and be a good energy for the team and, um, you know, it's not nothing different than last time, but um, just do my thing, keep working hard and <clears throat> do my thing, do my bit for the team and play my role. Um, and yeah, nothing, nothing extra. Everyone's, everyone's got to be their own leader and um, yeah. Oh, of course, and we're looking forward to your South Carolina team. Well, in the spirit of your team, there's one other thing I want to do with you. Uh, that is our rapid-fire segment. I'll ask you a bunch of different questions about your teammates, about different things about your life. It's something we like to do at the end with all of our guests. Uh, sound good? Yeah. All right, well then, Westoff, give me a rapid-fire sound effect, please. Uh, so again, I always say this for our listeners who don't know, in college tennis, you spend so much more time with your teammates than you actually do competing against others. Uh, so I have some teammate-centric questions for you, Paul. We'll start with this one. Your favorite hitting partner of your teammates during your time at South Carolina? Uh, my favorite hitting partner? Uh, I would say Thomas Brown because he doesn't miss. <laughs> I like it. Um, the best to get dinner with? Um... Connor Thompson, uh, new Scottish guy. I, I like it. Um, funniest member of the team? Um, I'd say Connor's pretty funny too. Yeah, I like it. Well, then one guy on the road you will absolutely not room with. Um, I say Bo. Um, <laughs> Why Bo? I, I don't know. Bo, Bo does his own thing. <laughs> I like to hear all right well now this is where I'm going to try and get you in trouble the teammate who is most likely to hook you in practice 
Because there's got to be, I mean, it's in the spirit of competition, right? You're like, you're getting each other ready. Um, I don't know. I'll say Raph just because he's French. <laughs> That's a good answer. Then the last one of your teammate questions. Best teammate to go out with? Um, I'll say uh, Danny Rodriguez. Good times. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun guy. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. All right, well then, just a couple other different ones. Give our chance, uh, listeners a chance to know you. Um, it's a cheat day for you food-wise, and you're picking out. What are you eating? Um, I love... I love Chinese food. So, mm-hmm. um, but the Chinese food uh, in America, I would say, is not as good as the Chinese food back home. Really? Why? Yeah. What's the di- difference? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's just. It is just different. Just like yeah, the takeout food is. Um, it's just not as good. I don't know how to explain it, but it's no, it's a little better. more mass produced. It's just yeah, like it's so- the same general Chow's chicken everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I could see how that's the case. Um. All right. For you again, we're going up and down. Are you pro or anti grunting on the court? Pro. Really? Yeah. I'm a grunt like. myself, so. <laughs> it's more of an exhale, right? It's just like you got to yeah. get it out. It's, it's, yeah, it's helps with, for me, it helps with, like, the timing of the ball, and it helps with, you know, the, the contact, and, yeah, it's just like a big exhale. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, how important is string tension to you? Um, I think it is important, uh, it's, but if you make it too big of a deal, I think it can mess with your mind a little bit. Um, I used to play around with my tensions quite a lot, and now I'm just trying to keep it keep it more simple and just uh, get on with the game. But I think string tension is important because the the weather comes into it, and um, you know our little little details will do make a difference. What are you, 51, 52 range? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You're good. So, yeah, you can get away with that. I, I mean, I wasn't good, and there's a lot of reasons why. But I, I bank one of them on I never knew any better. I strung it at 59, and I'm like, oh, that's why you can't hit a serve over 100. Like, it's brutal. And so I, I feel like string tension is sneaky important. Yeah. When I, well, in, in juniors, I used to have mine at 59, and I used to just bunt the ball and run around and <laughs> um, just not miss and wait for the other guy to miss, which um, – Ended up working, but yeah, when I wanted to be a bit more aggressive, and naturally over the years, my tension has dropped. So um, yeah, yeah. In your case, you're like, well, I turned 18, so it was time to grow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I feel it. That makes sense. Um, all right, for you, um, are you big Halloween guy? Um, I mean, yeah, it's my birthday, so I have to be. <laughs> I was gonna say that makes a lot of sense. Do you go as just the birthday boy? Um, yeah, I, I haven't really got. I can't remember the last time I actually like dressed up, um, but then again, I have always. I think my last few birthdays and so I've been busy. So um, yeah, no, for sure. Well, then here's a Halloween question for you, and it, I, I, in the spirit of Halloween, if you're trick or treating, which I'm sure you haven't done in a while, but you arrive at a house, the lights are off, there's a big bowl of candy and a note that says, "Please only take one." How does Paul Jubb react? Um, taking more than one. <laughs> you picking out the Reese's? 
Um, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really a Reese's guy. Ah, oh, what's the go-to candy? Um, hmm, I don't, I don't really eat. I just like, um, I like gummy candy. Uh, of course, that's it makes sense. I mean, the the Haribo gummies. Yeah. Uh, of like course. Kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen it before. I like it. Um, all right. How about for you? It, describe your game as a superhero. <laughs> um, Home stretch here. I promise. How do you even do that? I mean, <laughs> Spider Man's my favorite. So any correlation to Spider Man, yeah, I'll be him. Yeah, you kind of sh- you kind of web yourself around the court. You know, exactly. firing. Yeah. yeah that That'll play, and much like Spider-Man, you're, you lack a finishing move. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's all I got there. Um, I like it. All right, how about this? The thing, you, you mentioned your serve earlier, but the thing you want to improve the most on during your final college season? Um, it's tough, because obviously the, the spring season is not about it's less about development development because you're playing matches week in week out so it's just all about being match tight so i mean i just want to obviously win matches in the spring but um i think yeah just making that serve a bigger weapon would be the main thing yeah for sure well paul uh you know thank you so much for taking the time to do this we really again i told you this before but big fan of your game to watch your surge last at the end of and throughout all of last season was such a special run um you know good luck to you as you get through the fall your fall events and as you prepare for your senior year we're really looking forward to it thank you very much appreciate it yeah of course and take care and happy early birthday again thank you thank you very much